with me. I'm just sitting here, Carl. I'm chilling out. Oh, like, is there anything like that for you with the pandemic? Where, like, you've been working from home on your own for so long that they've now become like, ingrained as part of like your daily routine and you had to find yourself physically having to stop yourself doing them because that's one for me like whenever we record content in person i'll clap to mm. sync up our audio even though we're there yeah like i don't think there's like specific things but not the ones that i notice anyway but i'm mm-hmm. sure there's plenty of like little things that i do now that i'm not sure but i definitely still when we're recording in the office I'm mentally recording at home still and like at the way I do there. And then I'm, it takes me a few minutes to get back into the groove of like, oh, we're actually in person. Yeah, and it's like uh, that's the uh, the side effects of a hybrid recording style, I suppose. But yeah, we're here for episode 106. Uh, 106. Of, yeah, that sounds right. It's still yeah. It's close enough. And either way, it is less episodes than have currently been removed from Spotify that feature Joe Rogan saying the N-word. But Carly wasn't being racist. No. That's me being sarcastic, by the way. Because <laughs> I saw that headline and went, no. That's not real. How can there be a, over 100 episodes of someone being a horrible racist? And it's like, no, it's up to 130 now. And they're still trying to track down more. But what's weird to me is that they had, what, like 100 episodes that had either been complained about or they'd personally flagged that were already ready to be removed at a moment's notice. Yeah. Because they did that shit overnight. Well, it's all they had to do was just, like, control F, N word, and then search <laughs> for that. And what cracked me up, though, is I saw, like, his apology. And he's, like, apologising. Like, I don't think my behaviour was, like, you know, acceptable. It makes me sick to look back on it. And you look like one of the episodes that was removed was recorded last week. Oh. Yeah, it was recorded the week before. And it featured a quote in it, so horrendously racist, that when I read it out to my girlfriend, she was like, there's no way he said that. And... Uh- I'm not going to say the exact quote. I was going to say, can you give me a hint towards what it was? Well, the paraphrased version of it is they were discussing, um, uh, I think an ex-guest of his was like, or a guest was mixed race. And Joe Rogan was like, yeah, um, you get the best of both worlds that way. You get the black body and the white brain. And that is a statement so horrifically racist. It is, and so like, just right to explore the thinking Holy behind. Fuck. It's literally the plot of Get Out. That's the plot of Get Out for anyone who's not seen. I don't mind spoiling it. Like you know, it's been I haven't. Yeah. And it's the idea that white people are so horribly racist in their views that they're like basically catching black people to put their brains inside black bodies. Oh, because they see like black bodies as superior to their own, but they don't think they like they take the brain and they're trying to create like a perfect hybrid race of perfect humans. It's like what? No. Oh my. And like that is meant to be a horrible movie. Yeah, it's a horror movie. Yeah, and like uh, it's Jordan Peele, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And like, he specifically has created it as like you know a commentary on a lot of different things. Yeah. Um, and then Joe Rogan is just spouting that shit in real life. Yeah. Legitimately. Yeah. Like he's being sincere about it. Yeah. And that's the thing. People probably told Jordan Peele that he was being silly. Like that, you like you know, his satirization of the way like some white people think about black people. It's going is. a bit far. And then there's a guy with the most subscribed to guy on this platform you're listening to, um, this podcast on Dear Listener is saying that shit with all in all earnest. And there's like that's the thing like you could write an entire thesis statement on every individual part of that statement and how racist mm-hmm. it is. Also a thesis about every individual part of that statement. Like yeah. just the uttering of the phrase, a black body with a white brain. It, it it's honestly just that. 
I hadn't heard about this one. <laughs> that made me like feel a little bit sick when you yeah. just said it. And then another quote from his is just like, uh, well, no one's really black unless you are naked in the jungle black, is another quote of his. And then there's another one where it's like he's telling a story about being in a predominantly black city and he uses the term Planet of the Apes. Yeah, that's the one that I saw. And then obviously just I saw there was also like somebody had... I think one of the things that sparked up this whole conversation was like somebody had put a compilation of him saying, of the, him saying the N-word over and over again over multiple episodes. It's and like, there's people screaming for context. Like, well, here's the context. And the context is so much worse because mm-hmm. that statement is so... Like I said, it's so racist. There is a movie about how racist it is. Mm-hmm. That was supposed to be a satirization of how racist people are. And then he's like that in real life. Oh, and, and then, then he got paid $100 million. Yeah, it's like... The way I saw a couple of people theorizing, it's like, oh, did Joe Rogan make racist comments so that he could get pushed off the platform and run away with the $100 million without like, any... Like you know, downsides and any contractual obligations. It's like, he's been doing this since before they were on Spotify. He's been doing it for ten years. Like some of these, he's been doing a mm-hmm. podcast since like the earliest days of the platform, or the earliest days of the uh, the format. And it surely we, podcasting's older than like ten years. Yeah, so, sorry, I, mean, I, I corrected myself there. He's been doing it for over ten years, and uh, he records one like every single day, mm, which is why yeah. I was like, I was baffled of like. He's got, there's a hundred episodes that have been removed. It's like, he's done like 3,000 episodes. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. Like, there's one every other day. The most listened to person on earth in, in you know, um, conversational formats. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, Joe Rogan thinks that white men will be silent soon. It's like, oh. Well, that's the thing as well, because by his own, defi- like his own incredibly racist definition, everybody's a little bit white anyway. It's like by his own definition, there's no such thing as black people unless you are, in his own words, in the jungle, butt ass naked. God, and so obviously, like you know, we are repeating some of his comments here or paraphrasing some of his comments. We don't believe in any of that shit. Of course, we don't. We're we're making fun of them, and here's the situation where the people defending him would come in and say, "We want context." If anyone ever takes this stuff out of, if anyone ever takes out of context and puts it out there and say, "Oh, look at the horrible things that Carl and Lucas have said." That's the context that we're quoting. We're quoting him verbatim, mm-hmm. <laughs> or like paraphrasing him in some cases. To point out how bad and racist he's being and saying that we agree with the fact that probably more of his shit should be removed from the platform. Yeah. And that is apology rings completely hollow when one of the things that he's, like, one of the episodes taken down was from the week before he said it, <laughs> and he's 50 years old. And I was just, like, I'm just made a statement about it on Twitter of like, you know... It, I saw that and I giggled. I was it, giggling to myself. <laughs> but I just tweeted out of context, like, um, it's a lot easier to not be racist than having to apologise for being racist. Just saying. Just saying. And it's like, then people coming out like, well, he wasn't racist. It's like, oh, what, what are you meant to do when you've got, like, actual you know, full clips of in him H- being racist in HD. In yeah. HD, with his own branding and face on it, that he uploaded and monetized, Approved, signed off on, put up, and it's like, no, 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 but he wasn't being racist. It's like, ah, it's clear as day, multiple times over and over again that he's done it, and there's still weirdos out there on the internet defending him. Yeah, my favourite um, defence I saw was, uh, like, uh, it was a discussion about whether or not, con- like, does the context of this matter? And yeah, it realistically should, but I don't really think Joe Rogan is of any of the benefit of the doubt when some of the context when provided makes it seem so much worse. 
Like, I'd argue some of the things that he said, like the ideas he's espoused, are way more insidious and virulent than the actual just uttering of the N-word. Because mm-hmm. the N-word is a horrible word to say. But yeah. there's, like, an extra step being taken when you are, like, engaging in, like, eugenics theory, talking about the idea that, like, there's a genetic difference between the races and that you could, like... And that they're a superior... Like, he literally is advocating for, like, white supremacy in mm. one of his statements. And, like, there's, like... It's, that's more insidious. But um, one of the things I saw is, well, what would... There's context here, and someone asked, "Well, what would be a, a acceptable context for a white person saying the N word?" It's like, "Well, quoting a play," and it's like, "I really, I've, for all the things I know about Joe Rogan, I don't think he's ever quoted a play in his life. Maybe not. No, I don't even think he's quoted a word that's been in a play." <laughs> and I, as again, like, just I wish that more of his episodes would be removed because mm-hmm. it's not just like. Yeah, this is a huge problem, and I'm glad that the episodes were removed. But there's also like mass amounts of misinformation on COVID and shit that and, just got left up, and transphobia, and transphobia, and sexism, yeah. and just casual advocating for things like just the assault and abuse of minorities and women. Like there's a clip making the rounds of him joking alongside a comic who talks about forcing female comedians to sleep with him to give them a spot on his thing, and it's like, oh no, he's joking. It's like, okay. Ten years ago, you might see it as a joke, but with the context of, like, Louis C.K. doing exactly that. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, like, the Me Too movement. It's like, I really don't believe that this guy is joking. And if he was joking, he should learn to do better yeah. and not repeat his mistakes over and over again. And, it's, yeah, I just thought that was an interesting one. Because, like, when I just saw there's more episodes of his podcast that have been removed for being racist than we've ever recorded in, like, three years. It's really tough as well, like, you know. Well, think about how hard it would be, like, to do something a hundred times. Yeah. Like, that's what I mean. It's taken us three to four years to record a hundred episodes of this podcast. And I imagine if, like, you know, we had to go out now and do another hundred, we'll be racist in every single one. I think I'd get, like, t- like if, even if I, like, sat down and tried to say racist things, I'd run out of racist things to say by, like, the third episode. <laughs> I'm just... And that means I don't believe those racist books. I was like, you know, studying yeah. and like trying to find out, like, okay, what are the things that I'm aware of via pop culture osmosis that are like wrong to say? Mm-hmm. I'd run out because there's yeah. only so much space in my head for that. And, you know, the lesser the better, really. But it's just, it's baffling to me. It really is that just he's made this many examples of him having like not just awful takes, which is one thing, but him just spouting different forms of just hatred. It's and yeah, and then there's the uh, the one of the worst things is that he's platforming people who are even worse than he is. Like he yes. platformed a literal white supremacist who went out of their way to thank Joe Rogan for letting him be on the podcast because their movement, the Proud Boys, got a bunch of extra people who joined them and they are like that group who killed people at protests. Mm-hmm. And that's why you shouldn't have that kind of mentality of but, oh, we should be open to a conversation with every group of people and bring them onto the platform for a discussion. It's like, do not give those fuckers a platform because, as you say, then other horrible people join that group and join that movement. And hence why it's called a movement. Yeah, and oddly enough, there's a quote from Hitler about this, uh, which I'm probably going to like butcher, so it's a paraphrased version of it, but he talks about how um, the only way the um, opposition to Nazism, or the only op- way the opposition to Nazism could have stopped them, is to completely stamp out their movement from the beginning. 
in like complete and totality mm-hmm. and to like i think the quote is like you've got to rip it out by the roots but they didn't do that they tried to um uh, like you know be diplomatic with us and that didn't work yeah and he's all like what an idiot what well, they were all idiots for like you know trying to play nice with us and that that's how it works isn't it of like it's all good trying to have that message of peace but when the other side doesn't want peace they want war they will trample you yeah well, it's the thing isn't it of um like we think uh there's no compromise with people who literally want to exterminate another race because the compromise will be exterminating half. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, so you fundamentally disagree and therefore mm-hmm. do not give it a platform. But moving swiftly on, Lucas, like um, tomorrow is... Uh, I don't know what to say now. I, was, I thought, is there a segue for this? There's not a segue, so fuck it. Tomorrow is the first live event for Fact Fiend in two and a half years. I'm scared because the last time I went to one of these, it was the last time I left the house for like three months. Yeah, so for context, which is apparently very, very important these days, um, uh, we had a live event for the channel a, a couple of years ago, and I once said it was one of the last things any of us did before COVID struck. Mm-hmm. It was the last weekend that um, Jenna and I went out to do something. We went to live event, got back home, saw how it was going, and went, I'm going to take a bit of time off work, let's lock down for a couple of weeks, and we'll, like, try to, you know, wait all this out and see what happens. Yeah, that was, like, uh, the so the event wasn't held during COVID or lockdown, so I want to get that out there, it was like, yeah. it was, while there were rumblings of this thing called COVID, and the potential for it to reach the United Kingdom, I believe, like... we. It was like the start of February, wasn't it? Yes. And then we March. took a couple of weeks off work. And then like at the end of that, so like a couple of weeks later, was when things started to go into actual like government enforced lockdowns. Yes. So it was like one of the last things um, uh, a lot of us on the channel and a lot of people turned up did. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're hosting another event tomorrow. And it's been largely um, run and organized and spearheaded by my missus mm-hmm. who has been stressed out to all balls trying to arrange this because you, you're in the office now Luke. you can see in the corner of the room there's all the merch we've got produced yeah for the that, event there's a lot of merch and I can also tell that it's like been rifled through and organized so that all the right sizes are in place and stuff and yeah. everything yeah so that's something we're going to be um, uh, doing in uh, the future where you can see to the other side of the room is all the unsorted merch and so, there's a lot more of it as is, well, yeah. yeah. So tomorrow's going to be like a trial run for trying to sell and produce, or trying to produce and sell our own merch so we can cut out the middleman of Redbubble and potentially make a bit more profit from it because we do have a Redbubble store. We just never advertise it because I set the margins to be like 10% on everything. So mm-hmm. every T-shirt sold makes like a pound. And then just... also it's like literally at the, at the scale that you're doing it now, giving a test run, it means that you can make some profit while also making the price a little bit lower as well, can't you? Yes, and it also is, allows us to uh, potentially move away from stuff like Redbubble because my girlfriend knows a few people who work in the printing industry. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's potential there for some cross-promotion with those. So I'm like, able to use uh, my platform to support a local business, which is something I really enjoy doing. And I've um, hired some artists. So I've got one like, you know, just in my DMs at the moment. Like, when... You might, you know, you're free in a month or so. I might be reaching out to, uh, like, you know, get some work done for some, like, you know, some exclusive merch we can do at more live events because the hope is to, like, you know, do more in the future. Yeah, and like to clarify, this isn't just a live event to push the merch. It's just a live event for fan meetup and everything, and like it coincides with yes. you trying to to launch merch in a different way. Well, here's the way, thing as well. Every single person who turns up tomorrow gets a free t-shirt. Yeah. Um, uh, you were saying earlier when I was walking you through all the stuff we had for that, oh, it cost a five to get in. It's like, yeah, 
how much stuff are you giving away? More than a five is worth. Everyone, well, everyone who turns up tomorrow is getting more than they pay for their ticket Straight price. off the bat, because they're getting a free t-shirt and a few other bits as yeah, well. We're giving away a few other things, and there's a bunch of prizes for like the quiz we're doing. So I'm seeing it just wholly as, like, one, a celebration of the channel, because of the fact we're still going after four years and a literal global pandemic <laughs> is quite good. It gives me an excuse to, like, see all you guys. Um, mm. uh, like you're all, uh, I think you still need to send me your invoice for travel fees. Yes, I do. Yes. Yeah, so, you to, so it gives me an excuse to like get you guys down. You know, of course, you get to meet all the fans, finally get to meet all of us. And then my girlfriend, she's heading back to America next week. It gives her an opportunity to say goodbye to um, a bunch of people as well. Mm-hmm. And it gives her the, a good, uh, puts her in like good footing um, for when she is able to return um, in like a, a few months' time. Because the plan is for her to continue running the events and merch side of things. But I'm going to have to like hold things down in the meantime. Yeah. Uh, while we're sorting all this out, but it's like, yeah. But it's exciting times, though. It is, yeah. I, it's just that thing. Like, about, I can tell that you're a bit stressed because it's all a lot of organisation. It, it's that thing, like, Joe, like, you don't mix work and pleasure. Yeah. It's like just every night, like, it gets like 10 o'clock at night and we're in bed, and my miss is like, okay, so what's this? Like, I'm thinking this much for t shirts. I'm like, please stop talking about work. Yeah. It's like, can we just talk about anything but work right now? We've talked about work all day. And it, it is very difficult, and that's something that. I think a lot of people have probably fallen into the trap of and same, uh, you know, back at home for myself as well is like a lot of the time because both me and my girlfriend are working at home full time. It's like, oh, well, what what do you talk about when you get out of work? You literally step out of the door and go, well, here's what I've been doing yeah, today. You, you and talk about like, everything you've just done. Oh, but I'm a like, oh, here's what I'm thinking of doing for, like, this video, or here's what I'm going to be streaming after you go to bed and then I start working again. Yeah. And, yeah, it's, like, it's one of those things of it's hard enough to do it when you've got a commute or whatever and you've got that time to process your days of work and Ooh. come home a bit fresh and, like, away from everything. But when you're literally working inside the same place that you're living, there's no... There's none of that separation. So you saying that the work commute is valuable? Uh, yeah, it gives time for people to <laughs> decompress, Carl, and like think that. about it. It's no. like, but there is that nice disconnect when, like, I know that when I left my shift at Nando's, I would walk out those doors and be like, Boom, yeah, off, like, yeah. and that's also just to do with the fact as well that I'm now working, you know, with you and for myself and in a different capacity where. I can be working on things in my head constantly and yeah. thinking creatively. And that's when you've got to be like constantly creatively engaged and maintain the level of output required um, uh, to like maintain and achieve success online. But it's, it's been it's been fun to work at and I'm looking forward to tomorrow more just as an excuse for everyone to hang out because as I said, like, the event money-wise is a complete write-off, but um, I'm hoping that it's like it serves as an investment and we can use tomorrow as like just a good way to gauge feedback from the kind of people who would hopefully want to, like, you know, support the channel because we've had people for years wanting to support the channel but we've never really given them an avenue to do so this will be that avenue yeah and um it's just one of those as well of like you you're probably getting the kind of fans that are going to be more invested and they're literally spending money and a lot of people are traveling from various parts of the uk and stuff to come to this event so they're the type of people you want to ask for feedback on things like merch because they're the ones that are presumably going to be buying it as well and the problem with the event is not the problem but something that happened with the event is um, last time we did one um, a bunch of my friends got not upset but like low-key disappointed that they didn't get a chance to go because i don't really like talking about work um, mm-hmm. outside of doing it 
Um, so like, whenever it gets brought up when I'm with friends who aren't directly involved with the channel, um, like, I get really like sheepish and don't want to talk about it. But evidently they do quite enjoy the fact that they have a friend who does this sort of thing. So like, and uh, the last event was specifically had a, a certain amount of tickets sold. Mm-hmm. So uh, after the after the fact when I talked about it, it's like, I would have come to that. Yeah. And I heard that from so many different friends. Like, I would have come along to that. I would have come to that. So now what I've done is I've told like all my friends that it's happening. Told them the date. Said, well, if you're here, turn up or whatever. And all today I've been getting messages from people like, okay, so where do I come tomorrow? What time? Oh, fuck. And one of those people is my dad. People just knocking on Carl's yeah. door. Like, like, come on. One of the people is my own dad, who I thought was <laughs> joking when he said, no, he's turning up to the event. And he's taking part. I'm like, dad, no. It's funny as well, because like, I don't really discuss this kind of thing with uh, my friends or family either. So for the most part, it's just kind of like, yeah, things are fine, you know. We're doing what we're doing, and we're we're doing different stuff. And mm-hmm. most people I know don't understand what I do anyway, so yeah. it's kind of like a waste of time to try and explain it. Um, but then my dad just called me like last night. It was like, oh, so how's things going? I was like, oh yeah, just cracking down with some work because like going to a Sheffield for like a live event uh, tomorrow, and we're doing that on Thursday. He's like, oh, so like, how do people like watch online or whatever? I, I might watch it, and I was like, no, no, this is like a fan meetup, like, a live thing that people are paying to come and, like, buying tickets for and stuff. He's like, oh, right, okay. He's like, that's that's interesting, isn't it? Just like, yep, yep, that, that, that's all I'm going to say because I, I don't know how to explain to my dad what this thing is, but yeah. yeah. Oh, and for anyone who's wondering, it's going to be a pub quiz. The idea is it's a pub quiz, but and it's going to be a shit quiz where it's fact-themed themed, and because everyone's getting a free T-shirt on entry, because the reason I wanted to give everyone a T-shirt on entry is because we thought about giving T-shirts away as prizes, mm. and I thought, if someone pay, like. I'd hope that there wouldn't be, but from my uh, experience being online and interacting with various online fan bases, there is a chance, however small, that someone's going to get really annoyed that they didn't get a free t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Because it'll be that thing of like, why didn't I get one? So it's that thing of if everyone gets something for free when they walk through the door. If we make the prizes really shit, uh, for example, we'd, like, we've got like action figures from Poundland and like silly little like, a, a fact book and crap DVDs like mm-hmm. a copy of like Shrek on DVD or like a knockoff My Little Pony yeah the idea there is like that's a silly little keepsake from the event people like put on a shelf or something as a conversation starter and no one's going to get salty if they don't win yeah because it's not as if it's going to be that oh yeah you get this exclusive like fat fiend t-shirt or whatever it is that you're going to miss out on if you don't win the prizes mm. It's just, well, you're presumably not going to get salty if you miss out on, like, a fucking pound Nickelback album from, like, yeah. a second-hand store or whatever it is. And that's the idea there. Is, like, it's a silly knick-knack for the people who win, but at the same time, everyone's going to be leaving with a free T-shirt. Mm-hmm. And then if they want to, they can buy, like, stickers and badges and all the other shirts that my missus have got arranged and sorted out in the corner. And I will say that you're... Giving a lot more in return for like people showing up than any other fan meetup I've heard of. It's because I don't want anyone to get pissed off. I'm like, me and my girlfriend are really, really paranoid about someone coming and being upset. Yeah. Because I remember like the first event where I walked around the entire evening talking to every single person there and making sure I had a, a conversation with every single person who turned up because I'd be really upset if after the fact they felt like they hadn't got their money's worth. And... That was more me making a statement of, like, I can clearly tell that you give a shit more than other, like, some other people that I've heard of. Because I have just heard of, like, meetups where, oh, yeah, um, I went to this person's fan meetup and they were basically just in the same bar as us and only just hung around with their mates and kind of signed a couple of bits. And it was, like, 
more just being in the same bar as this person, but I'd, I'd like travel to go see them and, and stuff. And that's my worry, yeah, there's like, uh, I think there's a guy coming from like Ireland, and it's mm. like, for fuck's sake. It's like so in literal international travel, and then when we announced it, there's a bunch of people like, oh, if you'd give me more notice, I could have come from America. It's like, don't come from America! That would make me feel so guilty mm-hmm. that someone spent all that money to get a t-shirt. Because realistically, okay, yeah, like, people have come to see you, and like, even if you spend an equal amount of time with every single person there, that's still only going to be like, you know, five, ten minutes with each person, depending on how many people are actually there. And that is something that weighs very heavily on me, and is one of the reasons why we've started like such a small-scale event. Mm-hmm. And we like, I think like 75 people in total are coming, so we thought, that's enough where, over the course of an evening, you can talk to 50, 60 people. Yeah. Because a lot of people come in, like, you know, groups of two, so, like, you know, 50, 60 people, you call that groups, that's like 30 groups of people, that's like, you know... Yeah, exactly, because there'll be some people that will just be on their own and want to talk to you one-to-one, but then there'll also be, like, a group of four to offset that, and as you say, it probably averages out to, like, you'll be talking to two, three people at a time for, yeah. like, five, ten minutes a pop, yeah. And uh, I'm just really looking forward to all the people that I know who are coming, who aren't you guys, like, um, other friends of mine who just want to come to embarrass me. <laughs> Because uh, just the other day, um, I went for a suit fitting uh, with a friend of mine, so I'm like one of his uh, groomsmen. And while we were there in um, the store waiting for the other person to turn up, someone just screamed from across the room, like, not the room, like the, uh, like, I don't know what you call it in a mall when you're walking up and down. Just the area. The area inside of, not the mall, the shopping centre, fucking I'm British. And someone's like, Carl! Carl, keep right, I'm wearing a full mask. Yeah. I'm wearing a mask and I've got a jacket on and stuff like that. Comes up and shakes my hand and my friend just looks at me and goes, ah. And I'm like, I'm so embarrassed. And he was like, the, when I, the other guy turned up, he's like, Mr. Celebrity, you're already getting recognised. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> oh. oh, that'll be, uh, see, be it'll be, be so funny as the, the third party because, like, obviously, we'll probably just be like trying to talk to people as well, like, uh, you know, myself and the other editors and that. Uh, but it'll be funny watching your other friends from like, outside this just getting like that around. You're like, oh, look at Carl. But then the thing is that they're going to be the ones who are in the minority in that situation because they're mm-hmm. going to be surrounded by people who are all there to see us and like you know fans of the channel. So that's probably going to be less than they'll might be. They might be the ones who are embarrassed. Potentially, yeah. Yeah, and it depends. Like how easily your friends get embarrassed, Carl, and um, uh, how easily um, they're going to get drunk tomorrow. So that's the thing, I'm on like a strict thing of like, I can't get drunk until after the pub quiz. After yeah. the quiz is done, then I can drink. Because I did like dry January, so I didn't drink throughout January. And then I had a cold drink for my birthday. And then I've basically not drank since then. Mm-hmm. Um, so that for this event, I can see it's like, you know, a last hurrah type thing. Yeah, that's fair, yeah. For the channel. So I don't want to be like slosh when I'm going up on stage and be like, because you know what, people are paying to do this quiz. I should like, you know, be at the very least a competent compare and host. But like, likewise, Nisha is like, no, nah, I'm getting pissed. I can't be in front of people and not be drunk. <laughs> That's the thing. I think I, I just want to keep that nice, like, tipsy level just to get rid of that social anxiety side of myself, but not too drunk that I'm, you know, going around slurring my words at people or not, not going to remember the event or anything. I don't yeah. want to get absolutely wasted because, you know... Is something that I do want to remember fondly. Yeah, so I'm uh, gonna. Have to, I'm uh, on strict orders to be, uh, if not teetotal for the entire evening, like one low alcohol pint, just to like you know steady my nerves a little bit when all those people start filtering in. We'll see what happens tomorrow. We'll see, Carl. we'll see what happens tomorrow. Yeah, and uh, 
Because that's the thing as well. Um, something I wanted to mention about like running uh, this event, and uh, my girlfriend's also handling the TikTok side of the channel, which mm-hmm. is really doing well, more so than the main channel is at the moment. Is it just Fact Fiend on TikTok? At Fact Fiend. I'll send you the links, so you can put it below if people want to check it out. But we're doing yeah. like mini Fact Fiend episodes on uh, TikTok, and they're getting like hundreds of thousands of views. Yes. But the hilarious thing is, because now we're in the Creators Fund, which is the way you monetize a TikTok. And like yesterday, for example, it's like 300,000 views, which is pretty good. Like, um, I think on average, the channel gets a lot more than that on average because we get a lot of residual views in the, the back catalog. But for a single video to get that many views in a day is really, really good. TikTok total, £11. And it's like, oof! And I'm, we need to get those numbers up, son. Yeah, so just to clarify for people, like, what that might seem like in comparison. Uh, so, you know, over the past seven days, according yes. to the YouTube Studio app, we've got like 713,800 views on YouTube. Yeah, so like nearly a million in a week. So yeah, se- just over 700,000 in the week, but like that TikTok is catching up quick with the 300,000 yeah. views going up there. But in a week, the channel makes like a couple hundred pounds. Oh, like- that... that- Hundred like seven hundred thousand views is probably yeah like hundreds if not like a grand or so like yeah. it's definitely a hell of a lot more than the eleven pounds that come from TikTok and those figures probably sound either too high or too low to people and you know what that's why making internet content is a numbers game where like that's it eleven pound admittedly is not a lot that's per day mm-hmm. if you think if it makes eleven pound every day over the course of a month thirty days that's three hundred quid yeah and if you're making three hundred quid and then my Twitch makes a couple hundred pounds as well. And then, uh, like my personal gaming channel makes about like eighty to hundred pounds. Fact fiend well. gaming. Fact fiend gaming with like uh, with Cal Small that makes like hundred so pounds. That's a decent amount of money. That's en- enough money for me. If the channel shits the better, I want to walk away from it. I could work one shift a week mm-hmm. and then have a full time income doing yeah. something that literally takes me an hour to record for like the TikTok stuff, and then the streaming is just something I'd do anyway. Mm-hmm. And that's the idea behind it. It's all a numbers game with content. You just get as much out there as you can. That's why, you know, diversifying is the thing that you need to do, and it's difficult. Um, I, I, You know, I'm going through that whole process myself of, like, trying to make sure that I'm going on TikTok and stuff like that, and it's like I've been successful enough to get one video on there because... Yeah. You, it's just trying to find the time for all that stuff is hard, but that's the way that you you make the money. And as you say, it's just little bits of numbers everywhere. Yeah. They all add up so quickly. And uh, with TikTok, it's like, I don't understand the platform, but my girlfriend does, which is why I've told her, like, if you run it and it makes money, you can have half. Because mm-hmm. I, if it was just me doing this, I would not be on there. I would not make any money. So any money extra it makes is just extra yeah, for the course. channel. And that's the thing, isn't it? Of like, well... Yeah, you've got your branding on there and you as a, a personality that you've driven up. But at the same time, as you say, you wouldn't even be on TikTok if it weren't for her and you, you don't understand the TikTok game as well as she does. Yeah, and she can like advise me to do certain things. And uh, it's like, and all I have to realistically do is just like every two weeks, I sit down in front of the camera for an hour, record a bunch of these little facts that I've already got pre-researched. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the thing. This is how much work I've done overall in my career. I found a fully researched list of 100 facts for a deal that never went anywhere. Do you remember I told you about that deal with Macaulay Culkin? Yes. yes. So this is the th- I think I've talked about on the podcast before, but it's, uh, I originally had, not originally, but I had a, uh, a brief conversation with Macaulay Culkin and his site, Bunny Ears, and he wanted to do something called Mac Facts. I'm not sure if he ever did do this. Maybe he got, went in another direction, got another research to it, but mm-hmm. um, uh, he was going to do like 
quick facts of him just reading them out to camera. Yeah. And then upload them to a YouTube channel or something like that. Maybe he's just on TikTok doing it. He might be. Like, we don't know. And I forgot that, because when I did that, I pitched my idea to him, because apparently Macaulay Culkin's a fan of the channel. So if you're listening to this, Macaulay, call me. You've got my email address. Um, You never, like, email me back about that idea. So I'm reusing it now, because it was my research. But, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, like, uh, it was, that was a weird moment to find out he likes the content anyway. I'm, oh, I'm losing track, but um, I found <laughs> like that research I did for them, mm-hmm. and it's just a list of a hundred things that have been pre-researched with all the sources there, and like even the little blurb, uh, the little blurb written. Oh, okay, yeah. Which is like a per, which is perfect for TikTok. Yeah, because it's, it's just a minute or two of each fact. Like here you go. So I just found, I went, oh, so I've already got a hundred of these videos pre-researched, which is usually the time-consuming part of making a fact-themed video. Mm-hmm. All I need to do is just sit in front of a camera and read them out. Yeah. So I don't even need to actually put any work in because the work for me is the research and the writing for at least like another year mm-hmm. because I'd already did it all like two years ago. Yeah, and in a very very like in a drunken like weekend where I just spent up, did three all nighters in a row just researching everything I could. And you know that's one of the advantages of you making sure that you keep notes on everything you've Every done. Every single like, thing. Yeah, I know that you've just got giant archives of documents of like loads of facts that you've written loads of different ideas that you've had and yeah like oh it just so happens that a year or two down the line you're like oh shit yeah this could be used for this like as well the fact that i forgot it existed until i was like yeah do you know what i'll do um uh, i've got um, an old research archive somewhere i'll go in there and i'll see if there's any facts that i can like you know just for a test i went oh there's a hundred pre-researched here i guess we'll use those <laughs> And I checked as well, because I had to go back through the email exchange I had of like, yeah, I'm pretty sure they don't own the rights to these, so I never got paid, so. Yeah. There we go. But yeah, that's just like a bit of a behind the scenes of how Carl made it on TikTok, I guess. But uh... That's the thing, it's, it's doing very well, because like, um, and that's the thing, I don't check it. And my girlfriend, like, every day, and this is what I wanted to talk about, because she's like now interacting with this side of the channel. Mm-hmm. Um, like, she's Every day is doing that thing that presumably you did when you first got started, and you're like checking the numbers every day. Like and every like, couple hours, like when the first video went viral, she's like, oh, "It's gone up by another three thousand. Yeah. I'm like, "Yeah, that's what happens when content goes viral because it happens so much to me." And, like, and I know if I keep, I'd be obsessed with it, and I never stop checking. So I have to not. That's what I'm like sometimes when I'm on my my own channel, where I'm like, "Oh well, because I'm only getting small numbers." It's like, "Oh well, how's this video doing? Like, how is it?" And then I checked. And I actually found it quite funny because I was like, so it, I got like, you know, a few hundred videos on the last, uh, a few hundred views on the last video I did. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, so how does that compare to like how long it takes Fatafine to get those views? Just out of curiosity, not sheer. trying to beat myself down or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and just sheer curiosity. And I don't want people to think I'm getting in like a toxic mindset over it and get no, annoyed no. or anything. It's, like I said, um, it's a numbers game. It is an easy fall. Uh, it is easy trap to fall into when Delicious. I've got both numbers to compare against. But you know, there's a seventieth of the subscriber base on my channel or something like that. But I found it funny where, um, like, I think I counted it. And it was like three and a half minutes for the fat theme video that went up that day to overtake my video. I was like, yeah, that happens a lot, but. It is a very tempting game to sit there and, as you say, I did it at the start and everyone yeah. does and just what... sit there and just eagle eye just all over those numbers, constantly refreshing, like, how's it doing? And it's what she's doing now and I've re- I've told her, like, I'll, I'll let you do it for the first couple, but after a while you need to, like, get 
not thicker skin, but um, I start approaching this in a more pragmatic and like outwardly cold way. Mm-hmm. Like I guess sometimes the way I talk about content and like it comes across quite dismissive, and that's because if I was invested, as invested in my like every piece of content we made as I realistically should be, we'd never get anything done mm-hmm. because um, the amount of stuff we have to do on any given day. Like, uh, like what's like nine hundred videos in the archives? There's like, a, and we've got like four different platforms I upload to. Yeah, I've got to research for all those different things. If I gave everyone the time that people think maybe it deserves, then the other like five things wouldn't get done. Yeah, and part of like you know building up a brand and getting to this point is that like you have to get very very good and very consistent. And consistency is key because. It's one thing to be able to put out a super high... Because I think we all know those channels where they put out like one video every six months and it's super high quality and it gets like three million views on it. But that's like once every six months. Mm-hmm. And like, no, those there's a lot of channels like, like H-Bomber Guy like does amazing, huge, long um, video essays that get millions of views and like super well-researched and in-depth. And those are great. But at the same time, I can only look at like oh, seven million views on a video. seems like a lot, but fact feeding probably gets that over the course of like two weeks yeah and then also as well it's like and that's not me shitting on that guy like, i love h-bomber yeah. guy it's like i and i believe as well he's talked about how like burnout's super real for him because he was one of the people he gets so obsessed with like perfecting his content mm-hmm. that it is an issue for him he had to step away for a while for his own, the sake of his own mental health and the way i've avoided that happening to me is by getting like a more pragmatic approach to content of like once it's made and it's plowing into the ether there's no point continuing to focus on it because if I do, that way madness lies. And I think I actually was watching like a YouTube series that helped me with that a little bit. Okay. Because um, I was watching some of the Corridor Crew stuff where they do like the VFX reacts. Mm-hmm. Um, super popular videos. I don't need to like give Plug it anything, massive yeah. plugs or anything, but yeah, I'm sure people know. And I, just watching them break stuff down where they're talking about. Yeah, that that this is one of our old videos of an example of like where this went wrong, but you know, we had a deadline we, that we had to meet, and I could have sat there all night and got this a bit better, but I have to just kind of get to a point where it's like it's good enough, let it go, and I'm like, yeah, and it's like they sat there and they know they're putting out videos with little mistakes in that they will notice and that really infuriate them, but it's good enough to get put out because they need to go work on the next video because that's how YouTube works. Yeah, and it's uh, something that we can speak to with the channel where uh, there's been multiple times. Like the whole reason the channel exists in the form that it does is because uh, I think I've talked before about originally the channel was going to be much more professional looking, uh, much similar to um, Today I Found Out, mm-hmm. the way they do it, or the way they did do it before Simon, ironically, started like um, aping our style somewhat to be more informal. Uh, which he's not me accusing him. I've had direct confirmation from the editor and owner of Today I Found Out. That's exactly what they did. And it's all got in like a friendly way and you guys have yeah. respect for one another and everything. Yeah, yeah not... we have a good professional working relationship and I've got nothing but uh, good things to say about both Simon and Dave and they're super cool guys and mm-hmm. I wish them all the best. But uh, originally Factory was supposed to be much more professional in that sense when we used full use of the green screen. And the story is, is that I walked in on Brad editing a video and I didn't like it because he zooms in on my face and no one likes looking at their own face. No, no. And I looked and I went, oh man, I look so washed out and pale. And I, I always look washed out and pale, but especially so when I'm the only focus. Mm-hmm. And then he like, when he was like going through the footage, like maybe I've tried a couple of different ways to edit it. I saw the raw footage with before we'd use the green screen with the photos in the background lazily put on as a placeholder. I went, that looks really good. In, <laughs> you know, in that shit way. Yeah, yeah. 
And I like the way that the green screen itself formed like a sort of pseudo barrier. Mm-hmm. But then the fact that like, the photos go off the edge of the barrier is like a deliberate joke. Yeah. And I really like that. And that's where the term professionally unprofessional came from. Because Brad was saying, but it looks so unprofessional. But you're putting the effort in to make it look polished. Because it still looks good. It just looks like it's not finished. So mm-hmm. it's professionally unprofessional. And that ethos became the entire driving force behind the channel of... It doesn't necessarily have to be perfect, but it has to be good enough that you'd be proud to put it out there and put your name by it. Yeah, exactly. And there's those levels of like when people think, oh, you know, oh, well, they've, they've messed up the green screen. Oh, we, got effects fa- or well, we get like one little fact wrong. Yeah. Is- and it's like, well, I'm okay with little bits like that going wrong. And if there was obsessive details like that, like sometimes I end up going down rabbit holes where like, oh, well, this would be like when Carl mentions a comic book moment. It's like, this would be a, a, a cool bit to get in the background. And then I'm like, I've just spent 90 minutes not finding this image. I need to stop. Yeah. It's because, so- like, sometimes I get fixated on, like, well, I need this one image. And then I spend ages and ages and ages trying to get it. And at some point, you just have to cut your losses. Yeah. And then a weakness and a strength of that content is that it's so um, improvisational that um, that leads to a lot of the funny moments, which I think have contributed to its success, which is like, you know, us losing our shit or me telling random stories I'm reminded of while mm-hmm. recording content with then a weakness is that sometimes we make mistakes and they're mistakes that fly under the radar. And one of the reasons they fly under the radar is that I've now built up this persona online of being like a fact guy. Yeah. So I think like I, uh, you still fact check most of the things I say, but sometimes things slip in that are mistakes because it's just like, you know, my own, like uh, holes in my own memory. Or just like, you know, a combination of memories. Like a good example is from today's video about uh, Black Captain America. And I mentioned the Tuskegee Airmen. Mm -hmm. And and I get that mixed up with the Tuskegee Syphilis Experiment. Right, And that's like a combination of two memories in my head that I was reminded of at the moment while in the video. I mentioned... Just off the cuff, like without researching it prior or anything. Because, you know, that's not the topic of the video. But when we were looking at the numbers for that video today, like every other comment is, you've got this thing wrong. And it's like, I did. Like and it sucks that I got that thing wrong, but as I mentioned, I'm proud to have had that part there. And like the majority of what's in the thrust of the reason people clicked on the video is correct. There's just one minor issue that's annoyingly I made a mistake, and there's no fact bar to correct it, so we'll know that after like a comment and pin it later. Like, yeah. we're really sorry. And sometimes there is a fact bar that corrects it, and people still correct you in the comments. Yeah. But it is hard as an editor to know what needs fact checking because. That might have just been one of those things where whoever's editing that goes, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Uh, you know uh, what? I've heard that as well. And Carl yeah, yeah. seems to know his stuff. Maybe he's talking about that. Exactly. Right. Like, Carl seems pretty confident in that. And normally when you're not confident, you'll be like, oh, maybe someone can look that up in a fat bar. And that's yeah. when we definitely do look it up. And I want to say I was, like, unsure in my thing. I was like, I'm pretty sure there's parallels to real world history here. Mm. And I like, and you can clearly see me telling the story off the top of my head. But and it's, you know, it's something you have to deal with. And, you know, we'll have to take our lumps on that one of being wrong. And whether, like, I literally haven't watched it myself, so I don't know if there is a fat bar, but, like, if there isn't, it's just one of those of, like, okay, we take the L, put our hands up, that's all bad, but as you say, the crux of the video is not incorrect, and that's properly researched, and then it just so happens that sometimes, like, especially the improv parts of it can just, like, get a little bit wrong. And, you know, it's a weakness of the content. Well, you mentioned it right there, of, like, putting the fat bar in and people still get in. Mm-hmm. People still want the comment. That's what my girlfriend's now dealing with, because... Um, long before she was like involved directly with the channel, she was aware of its existence, and mm-hmm. she would frequently comment on the fact I'd get annoyed, and she'd often say, like, "Why did you get so annoyed about like specific genres of comment? Like when people say these kind of things to you, and I'm like, I don't know why it does get to me, but it really does. Like stuff like that, where mm-hmm. 
we say something that we were wrong about, well, there's a fact by correcting it. And now, because she's doing the TikToks, and she knows that she's, like, you know, researched the stuff ahead of time. She's putting, like, you know, she's doing all the captioning for them. When there's comments that are blatantly wrong, because or they mention something, or they try and correct on something that is clarified in the video she just spent 30 minutes editing. Yeah. And she's like, there's all the comments. Like, for example, there's one that went out about uh, the fact you don't have to wear uh, jeans, um, never need to be washed properly. Oh, right, yeah. Uh, which is something I mentioned off hand in videos, but the fact for people who don't know is that... Um, a study, or multiple studies have been done on denim jeans um, that show that after two weeks of regular wear and tear, and the level of bacteria build up on them uh, will never increase beyond a specific point, and that specific point is generally agreed to be safe. So realistically, you never need to wear a pair of jeans, and then the clarification I make is, unless you happen to spill something on them, or like step in dog shit. Yeah, yeah. So they don't need to be cleaned unless you actually get them more dirty than they would be through regular wear. And despite me saying that, every other comment on that video is someone saying, oh, well, clearly this person doesn't like, you know, work on a job site or anything yeah. like that. Tell me you've never worked manual labor without doing manual labor. And she's like, but you clarify that in the video. Why are they getting this wrong? And I went, look, you know exactly what it's like. Yeah. You're doing exactly what I And she went, oh, no, I am. And, and she realized and that's why, because now you have a personal stake in it. Mm-hmm. Now it feels personal. It really does. And the amount of times that I've gone on my way to get a fact bar looked up and put in and then people are correcting it in the comments i i sit there and i'm like and you get that thing i'm like looking at the comments on my phone like do i log into my personal youtube account and comment back like no fuck you the the fat bars right there yeah but i have to like take a breath and you know what don't do it but if you did i don't think anyone would really like you know fault you for that because you know it's a frustration and it's like, you know, venting that frustration. That's something that I did for a long time because I found it cathartic because it's essentially me looking at a wall of people saying that I'm wrong when I know, objectively, I am right. Yeah. And it's that thing of like, the, it's that little catharsis of just like, uh, fuck you. Yeah. It's and like, it is, it is very tempting. I've done it politely in the past sometimes, but like, there is a real real thrust in your head for a second about I just want to tell this person to yeah. fuck off. And like that's where it comes from. Yeah. And like obviously people who have seen Carl's like Twitter or whatever will see that Carl uh I'm a bit more impulsive than other people. Carl enjoys doing that time to time. But um Yeah, and like I said it's something my girlfriend would often comment like, why do you do it? Mm-hmm. And then she found herself doing it just by a natural extension of being involved with the content. And then yeah. when I m- mentioned it, she realised that yeah exactly that's why it's because you've got a personal investment in it and you feel like they're, in, they're not. In, they're insult. Realistically, they're making fun of the content, but it feels like a personal attack because you worked on it. And yeah. uh, one of the ones that she got really mad about is actually in regards to the merch, where you can see there the merch has arrived. If you look at the merch that as it like uh, just as it arrived in the boxes, is a lot of random cardboard boxes that are just all taped up. Yeah, and one of the things on the box says Gildan, um, which is a brand of like very cheap shirt. Right, okay. which is generally what you'll find almost every single band shirt is printed on. In fact, the Psycho T-shirts, which we have left over, they're all on Gildan brand shirts. Oh, okay. So it's like one of the cheapest you can get, but which is, if you're doing for like mass production, mm-hmm. you want to get like the cheapest one you can. Yeah, of course. And like you know, as long as the design's quite good, it's like those Psycho shirts fit great. Yeah, because they've got a really good design on them. But it's like it's that thick, heavy cotton. That's like uh, the way she described it is. So when you like, it boxes up on the arms until you wash uh, it. Oh yeah. And she didn't want that, and I agreed. So we paid like a, a few extra pence per shirt to get a lighter cotton that fits a bit better on the first wear. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, she saw that comment and she got really mad about it. So much so, she tweeted out from her own personal account, like her calling the person out of like, no, we bought a specifically more expensive kind of shirt specifically because we didn't want to have the issues you're mentioning here. I take umbrage with this statement. And then that person messaged her, apologized, like, oh, I didn't mean anything by it. I just thought, I just didn't want you to like, you know, fall down the rabbit hole of being another YouTuber who's trying to rip people off. And then she's like, then she started getting mad on my behalf. Like, we're not trying to rip people off. We've spent so much time and effort and money trying to make sure this is like so above board and transparent. I'm like, see, honey, that's why I get mad. Yeah. This is why you'd see those tweets from me like on the toilet at 10 in the morning so we all fuck off. Yeah. Because these, like, I have the same thought process you've done. I go out, you're like, and it's so demoralizing and frustrating to have all these thoughts in your head, go to think something through so thoroughly, so completely, to go out of your way to spend more money, time and effort than you need to just to do the right thing or what you think is moral and then have someone immediately call you out without any research whatsoever. And it's like, oh! Yeah, and because that thing is, that comment I presume was not, oh, um, did you buy them from this brand because they're not known to be no, great? It, it was, was like, was like can't believe you buy this brand of t-shirt. Keep in mind as well, you can't even see what's in the boxes in the photo they were commenting on. It was just, ooh, that brand, they're really bad. Mm. It's like, so before they've even seen it, they're already shitting on the thing. She spent the last three, I think, no, like two months now sorting out. And to, like, you know, to see two months of work on her end, just immediately written off by someone. It's going to be shit, in it? It's like, you've not even seen it yet! It's like, presumably as well, it's just that whoever you got the t-shirts of... Just like, put them in that box. ...had yeah. those boxes around and just put them in whatever boxes they had. Because they're a t-shirt manufacturer, they have, like, millions of those boxes, no doubt. And it's just like, just chuck whatever we ordered into whatever they have available. Mm-hmm. But, like, yeah, she had that moment there of getting, calling someone out on Twitter. The same thing, she was like, I don't know why you feel the need to do this. And then she did it and was like, I, I felt good. I, it's, you know, it's petty, but... Fuck it. It was like, it was, I put so much effort in. Yeah. It's like, exactly. And I think now might be a good time to just like move into what we said we would do last yes. week. Yes. Uh, but before that though, I want to go for a quick bathroom break. Okay. So, so we can do, do that and then we're going to come back. Oh, so I apologise for that um, uh, rude interruption by my bladder there. But we're back now, Lucas. And uh, yeah, uh, something I mentioned just at the end of last week's podcast, which again, I'd like to apologise for the um, uh, the poor quality of I just felt like, you know, I wasn't on my game then. And I'd hope that my explanation of how stressed me and my missus have been for the last week mm-hmm. would uh, go some way to explain that. But and something I mentioned I wanted to do. Oh, sorry. Well, I was going to say that you you did, like, ruin my nice segue. Oh, because okay. we were talking about t-shirts, and I was like, well, Carl, I've got some t-shirts for you. Ah. But no, we had, to, we had to have a toilet break. Okay, do your segue again, then. Fuck it, what? go on. You don't have to edit it in, but just do the segue. Well, Carl, since we're talking about merchandise, yes. and we're talking about t-shirts... Let's move on to talking about some cringe-ass merchandise. Yes. So, something myself and you have uh, rallied against in the past is the idea of the man cave and the kind of person who would unironically want one and then the ways in which it would be decorated. And the way in which they call it a man cave in the first place. Yeah, because it like feeds into a bunch of like toxic like misogyny of like, Oh, I need a special place where I can be me, where my like you know my woman doesn't interrupt like you know my gaming man time, and, and the various bits of merch that would go into building something like that. The thing is, I guess I technically have one of those because mm-hmm. that's what my office basically is. It's like you got oh, yeah, call it, it an office; it's more professional. Well, it, it's where I do my work. It's got my desk in it. It's got my, my PC where I work and yeah. edit there. But just for like background or streaming sake and stuff, I've got like my bookcases with my. 
my gaming stuff on the back and like yeah it i guess if you would walk in there without context you'd be like Oh, you've got a little man cave for yourself. But they don't know that you would find as that term. It puts your teeth on edge. Yeah, and I'd be like, no, I have an office where I do a lot of gaming content. Also, as well, the fact that like, I like this nerdy shit is not a de- like my personality is not defined by it, and it's not something I feel that um, my partner actively hinders. Yeah, and like obviously we've mentioned before is like that isn't my man cave because there's also like weird nerdy shit throughout the house because me and my girlfriend both like that stuff and both want to show it off and that's where i think like you know finding a partner with having similar tastes or interests is probably quite important yes and uh what my mission for us both was is to go out and collate and collect um just some really cringy um, uh, stuff that people might put in a man cave or like merch that the kind of person who would think to create one and then brag about it yeah. um, would perhaps buy, wear or um, uh, have displayed proudly um, not in their home but in the one specific part of their home in which they feel they can be themselves normally the basement right? normally the ba- <laughs> or like a second room or in, like the one that makes me really depressed just to like think about like the kind of relationship they have is when it's like a one corner of a room where it has like a PC and a chair and it's like that's all they want. But... Or I thought you were going to say when it's like, you know, more um, thinking like older adults where it's a like shed in the back garden that's been decked out with like sports gear or gaming gear or whatever it may be. And it's just a place where they go to be alone and not interact with other people. It's like, so the, the, the thing you want most in the world is for the person you get to have sex with to not be near you. Awesome. <laughs> you sound great. And we've just gone and collected you know, a bunch of stuff um, that I, I'd like to think that none of the stuff I've got is ironic. I got a few examples of the ironic stuff because I'm a big right. fan of when this sort of merchandise is twisted. Mm-hmm. And that might be a bit difficult to explain until we start getting into some examples. But um, like one that I like is those t-shirts that twist the, like, I'm a gamer stuff on their head. Like the ones like, I'm not a player. Players get chicks. I'm a gamer. Gamers get bullied. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's like a picture of Sonic the Hedgehog giving a big goofy thumbs up. It's like stuff like that, I fucking love it. Mm-hmm. And in the same vein, like I would probably wear or have some of this stuff ironically. And because people know my personality, they wouldn't see me as own. They know that it's ironic. But then uh, we mentioned on the stream a little while ago of like, oh, well, um, every now and then, like, one of my family members that thinks that I would appreciate that kind of thing will be like, oh, well, here's one unironically. And yeah. here's like, um, you know, one of the, the classic examples would be like the man cave sign or like gamer at work do on not the enter. door, do not enter. Yeah. yeah. And I can see that you've got a nice big list of things in front of you now. So would you like to go first, Luke? Is there uh, stuff you found? Well, this is just one article that I wanted to take a couple of t-shirts from. Okay. So this is like a game, game informer article of like more than 50 of the worst video game t-shirts. Okay. Um, but I just was like, I'll scroll through that as a like a primer. Okay. And then I've gone and found a couple of other bits myself as well. And then what we're going to do is we're going to try and describe the t-shirts to you, our audio listeners. Because, like, this is like one of the things where it'd probably be better for like a live stream, but I think, you know, using the medium of voice, we, we'll be able to describe these quite um, well. And yeah, for example, like this, I can put like a link to in the description, mm-hmm. but other, other ways we can just give people a little tour audibly through the world of just cringe. And yes. I just want to start out by saying like the perfect example is like this t-shirt of just gamers don't die. They respawn. There are, I found so many variations so many. of that while I was researching. So many. And it's that thing of, like, 
all this comes down to is people who define themselves by one aspect of their personality, and it's not even an interesting one. Not at all. And it's not even an interesting way of framing what can be something interesting. Yeah. It's like it's not even like a specific video game. It's like just the concept. It's like, imagine this with books. And that's the thing, mm-hmm. it does happen with books. Because yeah, yeah. you have people who are like, all they like like to do is like just the fact they read books. Mm-hmm. And they get all their posts are like them reading a book. It doesn't matter what book, as long as you know they're reading a book. Yeah. Or people who watch movies and they're like insufferable film snobs. And it's like all it is is like collecting more and more movies. Like, it doesn't matter what movies, it's only movies. I still remember a friend just like, they didn't even need to say anything. I just mentioned like a Marvel movie to a friend while we were in like a group situation in a pub. Let me guess. Let me guess. Did he go? Yep. That, yes! Just in the corner, I just mentioned like, oh, yeah, Winter Soldier was a really cool film or something like that. And you just heard the, and it's like, right, okay, I don't even want that conversation. Fuck off. It's called pop culture. Uh, What is pop? Popular. (laughs) Get over it. You're not special because you don't like comic book movies. But speaking about a less um, generalized one and some of the focus on a singular game. Which is? This one here, which is Zelda on the street, chic in the sheets. It's like, oh, as well, I can no. see you wearing that, ironically. Ironically, but, I would, yeah. Like This is the thing. All these shirts are acceptable to be worn, ironically, by a hot girl or a four-year-old. No, no, sorry, <laughs> not, like a seven-year-old. Yeah, okay. Do you yeah. like a kid who's like, you know... The sheets like... one specifically more like, you know, a 12-year-old, but... Yeah, who's backtrack behind you. I don't mean that, I mean like... Yeah, it's probably a bad example we're using that, that specific one. one but, but like I mean, the gamers don't die, they respawn. Yeah, that's like yeah. something you get for like a seven-year-old kid where they've not even got a personality yet. It's just they play Fortnite. Yeah. Um, but no, I just found that one really cringy. I'm like, oh, it's like I don't even know what the real like. What, what are they trying to say? What, there? Yeah, what are they trying to say? Is like, are they trying to say that they become some sort of ninja in bed, or are they saying that they transform into what is? Potentially a man in the bed. Like I'm not. I'm not sure. Are they a female on the street and a man in the sheets? Are, like, they, just, are they so androgynous that you don't care? Yeah, we don't know. Um, but I just I found that one particularly bad. And yeah. then like there's a lot of um, a lot of like weirdly sexual ones like this one where it's like Ash Ketchum's face just and a... it just says balls deep again. I think like, if, that's it, if I walked yeah. in where or my girlfriend wore that, yeah, that'd be funny. Because like, I, if I saw you wearing that, I would know you're wearing it as a joke. But I can see so many people like, yeah, look at me, I'm wearing like a sexy gamer t-shirt. Yeah. And it is for people wondering, like, uh, if you want an example, like, it is the gaming equivalent of those t-shirts you see being worn by like middle-aged men on nights out that say stuff like the man the legend pointing towards their own dick yeah and they I... dance ne- like they aggressively dance near women to try and get them to take notice see it's like it's one of those things that screams look at me and there is i think one of those examples in here oh yeah it's uh just an arrow down pointing towards a crotch that says playstation yeah it's like you know there's people unironically wearing them like yeah look at the playstation yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and it's all about attitude it's like uh, something my girlfriend told me about. Like her sister loves collecting shit, like similar to this, but for, like aimed at old men. Right. Like, do you know those ones that say like um, "Women love me, fish fear me." Oh, She's got yeah. like a baseball cap <laughs> that says that on it, and it's been worn by like a twenty-two-year-old Asian girl. And it's like what? Yeah. And still, that is hilarious. And I said, yeah, it's totally about how you wear it. Yeah, it's like uh, you want to wear the clothes, don't let the clothes wear you. Mm-hmm. And I mean, not physically how you wear it on your body, how you wear it. Yeah. 
in terms of um, it's, it's it's difficult to say, isn't it? It's like the thing of like the old argument of like trilbies and fedoras, where they always look really cringy when men wear them. It's because they don't fully commit to the look. They'll put one on with like a like the stereotype like a My Little Pony t-shirt and cargo shorts. Mm. That's because yeah, that's not a complete ensemble. But at the same time, if you had confidence wearing that, you could pull that off. Yeah, and like you know, it's one of those things as well of a person with dyed hair. I constantly get it like. Well, how how is it that you suit any hair colour? It's like because I wear it confidently. Yes. So therefore, people don't question it, and people can tell that I'm not conscious about it. Yeah. There's also that thing as well of like dress for the body you have, not the body you want. Um, and I think the best example of that is this advert here, which is would you like to describe it, Lucas? Um, it is an attractive woman wearing what looks like just a Seven Eleven plastic carrier bag. Yeah. As you know, kind of like a lingerie piece instead. Yeah. And, like a bodysuit. Yeah. And because she's like, you know, a super hot fit model, she can pull it off. Because I think yeah. it's like you... And it's part of that old thing of like, um, uh, if you're good looking enough, you can wear a trash bag. And it's like, that's the literal example of that. So yeah. Yeah, she literally looks good wearing a carrier bag. It's because like, yeah. she'd look good wearing anything because she looks good anyway. And that's the thing, like, you know, you dress for the body you have. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are many ways that you can accentuate features that you like and hide ones that you don't. Yeah, and it's just weird to me how many of these are sexualized, especially when a lot of them are using like things like Mario. Think about though how many weird, awkward men wear this instead of coming up with a personality or child. Oh yeah, and they just wear that and hope that women come up and talk about it. Yeah, it's like how many people are wearing a question block T-shirt that says "I'd hit that," expecting somebody to come up and go, "Oh yeah, I will hit that." It's like. No, that's never happening in a million yeah, years. It's the non-verbal equivalent of catcalling. Mm-hmm. Of like, eventually, some woman's going to listen to this. It's like most of the time, no. again, unless you're wearing it with confidence. Yes. Um, got a fire flower here that says, "This is why I'm hot." It's just like and the worst bit is, I want all of these. <laughs> Every single one of these, I want to wear. Ironically, um, and there was the, like most of these are pretty. Not great at this point. She's getting down to like the dregs. But yeah, you know, there are a few of mine. Um, like, well, I there was one. There's one specific. One yeah, I'm this gonna... one. Okay, it was. I'm gonna, and then a picture of Pikachu, and then when you're showering, and it's like, oh hi, I commit sexual assault. It's like because the joke is, I'm gonna peek at you when you're showering, and it's like, why are you wearing that on a t-shirt and advertising the fact you're a fucking creep? Yeah. But that, that's, a you know, someone out there has worn it, unironically. Thinking that, oh, someone's going to find this hilarious. All the girls going to love this down at, like, the club. So, then, Carl, have you got some things for yeah, me? I've got a few here. And I wanted to go for, like, a different genre of okay. nerdy man. And something I've noticed in, like, the last year or so is a lot of people have built bars. Yes. We've seen, like, and presumably there's a lot of people listening to this who know people, or maybe themselves, have built a bar. Um, in their home, just, you know, as a project and a place for them to hang out you know, with, with family and loved ones when they're able to do, and when they're able to and when they're able to do so safely. And I was like, something I noticed is when you look at all the designs you have, they always have a sign like this. And what does it say, Lucas? Uh, so it says, under new management, by order of the Peaky Blinders. Yes. And then just Shelby Bros Limited, Birmingham. And there is so much cringe-ass Peaky Blinders merch out there. Of well, just Gillian a... Murphy wearing a flat cap and everyone's like, yeah, you're so fucking cool. There's a really popular Peaky Blinders bar in Liverpool. Oh, of course. In is. like, in one of the more, 
I would say like, you know, hip quote unquote areas, yeah. like, you know, a little bit out of the way. You have to make your way over there, but yeah. yeah. There's um, so much Peaky Blinders merch out there and the amount of people who've like tried to make that their personality. Much in the same way there's guys out there like make gaming their personality. I've seen so many guys um, in like guides and stuff like, oh, here's how you get the perfect look. And it's just like, you know, buy a fitted trench coat and a flat cap. Yeah. And that's the thing, that's a look that can work if you use, if you pay attention to the word they're fitted. Yeah. Because the amount of people I've seen try to emulate that stuff, because I found a bunch of posts I didn't want to share because it's like the, borders on bullying yes of does, men yeah. like on reddit being like hey uh, i bought this thinking it's peaky blinders inspired but like any tips for making it work and it's like they bought a coat that's three sizes too big yeah because they weren't confident to wear one that's fitted and it's like that's fair enough but maybe don't go for a look that requires you to wear like closely fitted clothing yeah that look specifically works when you wear well-fitted clothes and you don't even have to be a like trim person to do that like it just has to be well fitted. The amount of people that still look good in a full fitted suit, even though you know they're a bit uh, more overweight or whatever, or and... even just like you know an atypical body type, like quite muscular. Yeah, exactly. Or, like, yeah. You know, just shorter than the average man, like like shorter legs or broader chest. So like, as long as stuff's fitted, it looks good. Yeah, and it's just one of those things though. Where people will, I say, buy like just like you know, second-hand stuff that's way too big or whatever. And it's like, oh, but this look doesn't quite work. What's going wrong? It's like, it, it's not fitted. Yeah, that's the, the problem. Like, the guy wearing it on the show went to a tailor. And they've got a, a tailor on set who makes sure that shit fits him like a glove. Mm-hmm. And it presumably costs five times what yours did. Oh, yeah, exactly. And then I moved on. I just got a couple of shirts as well. And, yeah. I, I saw this one just because. Okay, so that's the t-shirt. Just never forget, and it's what, like, NES, SNES, and a Game Boy. Yeah, but then it's got, like, the gay pride flag. Well, it's not the pride flag. But it's, like, you know, it's close to it. It's, like, it's close it's to evoking it. it, because it's, like, you know, um, uh, blue, green, um, red, and yellow. And then it's, like, never forget of, like, fucking hell. It's, like, again, defining yourself by the stuff. Not only that, not that you you played, like, that you enjoyed 30 years ago. Yeah. Uh, and then just like, you know. Oh, no. I got, I got this one for you, Lucas. I, I, the thing is that I was so tempted to. Like, when I was doing this, I was so tempted to buy them. Yeah. And I was running them past my girlfriend, and every time she rolled her eyes, I like, added to the list of potential <laughs> ones to get to wear in videos. So, do you want to explain for the folks yeah. at home? This is just a t shirt, so I don't need relationship status. And it's got some boxes for you to tick. Single, taken, gamer. And, and of course, the gamer ones tick big yeah. and proud. And the amount of ones that I found that are. Um, uh, like this gamer is um, uh, taken by like a bad bitch or something like that mm. was so like there's so many variations of that I'm like I need to get one I need to get one and just like customise it to be like this game like if you like the look of this gamer you can't have him because he's like in a weirdly oh, <laughs> specific God. relationship that can't be defined by a shirt and then I just found one this is one that I, I like the look of until I realised oh Oh no, and it is a fitted sleeveless denim shirt with the Batman logo on it. And here's, this is just a personal pet peeve of mine where branded merchandise can't just have a cool design of, say, Batman. You can't Mm. just have the Bat logo or a cool picture of Batman or a comic panel. It always has to be Batman and then trademark DC Comics or whatever movie it's from and it's fucking infuriating. It is, yeah. And this one was awful because on the back it's literally just the poster for the Batman oh, film. Oh no. And you can even see the edges of where they just copy paste. And this is HMV. Yeah. Who have the license to do this sort of thing. And it's like the fact as well that I think that would be ten times cooler if it wasn't 
the text with the Batman logo on it. It was just the, Batman. the red Batman, like, nice logo that they've got for the new movie going down the side, rather than yeah. it being over the text that says the Batman. And it's just a personal gripe of mine that, like, it's one of the reasons why I wouldn't wear anything like that, because you're basically a walking brand advertisement, which mm-hmm. is, like, you know, what all brands are, but... I think it's like Calvin and Hobbes say it's like I like this brand so much I paid them money to advertise for them. Yeah, and it's just that thing like it's just each individual element of it works, but in totality it's just like so fucking cringy. And then I just got like a few examples of just gamer man caves themselves oh, yeah. for us to discuss. And uh, the first example here is one that I just found with one like they're just watching like Family Guy and like I think mentioned on the podcast last week like Yellow Flags. I think another and yellow flags. People who didn't catch that episode. I want a reminder. Are like minor things that um, would cause you to be apprehensive when introduced early in a prospective relationship that aren't necessarily red flags that would put you off immediately, but would make you wary of that person. And one for me is people being obsessed with shows like Family Guy, mm-hmm. South Park, and ones of their ilk. Where it's like, do they like them because? They're like, you know, decent animated shows. With They're like, fine, yeah. With like, you know, a decent writing crew. Or do they like them? Because they like that they say offensive things. Mm. And that's the one for me. And then just the entire room is just bathed in blue. And you can't even see anything. No. And the thing is, it's like in male living spaces. Because, of course, we've got all male yeah, living spaces. And it's like beginning and more to come. And it's just everything is just revolving around this TV. They've got like a couple of action. And they say again. Less is more when it comes to this, but they've just got like action figures everywhere, an entire shelf, and there's just no space for themselves. And the bit that got me is that there's a fan on the floor pointed at their balls. Oh, I can't even yeah, see that. The fan that's pointed directly at the nutsack because oh, they no. because they presumably get so sweaty in this room. Also, there's just no cohesion to it. There's like action figures, games, posters, like hats, sneakers, RGB lights, like bags. I just there's no, th- like, theme or cohesion to the area at all. No. And it's that thing of, like, in their head, they think it's very cool and good for them, but I, it just looks... It's a visual eyesore. It is. And I got, just, I've got a few more examples of just, like, man caves here. Now, I just want you to read the description, Lucas. So the, the tagline is, Finally got my new place. Feeling cosy. No more nagging wife. And it is a, a mattress on the floor... Which, you know, I, I rock that look for a while. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, but the detail I'd like to clarify for this is that they have a, they have no bed sheet covering their bed. They have no duvet cover. And they have, and this reminds me of a great article I saw on Vice once, and it is, why do so many men have one shitty, sad pillow? Yeah, it's a real sad-looking pillow, and there's a single one in the middle of the bed. And I believe that article was by Gina Tonic, um, uh, which is a pseudonym of a really great Vice writer who writes, like, articles just about, in her own words, being out on the shag. Oh, okay. And like Joe being at that age where you're just yeah. out to pull men. And he's the one who's like, why do so many men have a s- one sad yellow pillow? Awesome. And that to me is just that so much energy there of just this sad pillow. Like, not even a sheet. Not even a sheet. Did you clock the username? Yeah, Big Dick Steve. Big Dick Steve. And his wife still <laughs> left him, so she's clearly the one out there. And it's just that thing of just, yeah. And it's the energy there of, like, finally, no more nagging wife. And. I'm going to put it out there. His wife probably nagged at him to do things like maybe don't wipe your dick all over the duvet. Maybe put a duvet cover on that we can wash. And maybe not have one sad small pillow. And then just the comment, just did you kill her? <laughs> and then we move on to another one. It's, it's simply titled Simplicity. And again, 
we have on the floor a mattress with no cover and a sleeping bag. And you might be tempted to think, folks, at home, maybe this person's just really hard up. Why are you making fun of them? Next to it is what must be a four and a half grand PC and a really fancy monitor and a super like um, expensive RGB keyboard and a very expensive laptop as well. All put on a crappy desk. Like, not even a desk, like a crappy camping table with a camping chair on it. Yeah. Well, camping chair, you know, sat next to it. And it's like, this person spent every single penny they have on their PC setup. Did not have money for a chair, for duvet, for pillow. No. Anything like probably just an airbed on the floor. Yeah, and that's it's like the uh, the perfect example of things like making your personality revolve around one thing. And this is that taken to its logical extreme to a point where I'd argue it's unhealthy. Where their that's per- very unhealthy. Their personality revolves so much around gaming and playing video games that they are actively foregoing not creature comforts but basic soft furnishings that make like you know. Sleep. Sleep is like, yeah. there's Laszlo's hierarchy, even if people aren't familiar with it, it's like this triangle of things p- humans need to function. Mm-hmm. And like comforts, like, you know, good night's sleep, food and all that, right, right at the bottom. This guy's foregoing all of that so he can have a slightly more expensive <laughs> PC. for a glowing PC. Like, you give up a pillow to have a better PC like, set up. Like he could have had like a slightly less powerful graphics card to have a sheet. And one sad pillow. He doesn't even have the single sad pillow. And I'm saying he because you just... It's on, it's on male living space, of course it is. Then, a, yeah, to be fair, it is on male living and space. And then I've had another one that's just another example of just a mattress on the floor with no cover and a shit sad pillow <laughs> simply titled Women Hate How Little It Takes For Us To Be Happy. And it's like, if that's what it takes to be happy, why not be a fucking monk? Just go a whole way and yeah. become a monk. Why even bother renting a house at that point? Yep. Oh, so sad. <laughs> oh, <on. laughs> that's the one. Oh, so describe this one, Luke. I love this game so oh, much. Oh dear. So this one is just um, a big ass TV with Bloodborne playing on it. Yeah. A Really uncomfortable looking, like wooden chair without cushioning yeah, or and, anything. And here it is again, yeah. And it's it's very clear from this photo this person's just moved in because they, there's a bunch of am- open boxes near them and then like Amazon packages. And the fact that their number one priority was not setting up a table, it was getting my TV, getting blood, and then not even sitting on a nice chair. No, not even having like an armchair or a sofa or anything. Don't organize your living space, don't open your Amazon boxes. Just get on the most uncomfortable thing I can find and play Bloodborne as quickly as possible. And again, like this is just like there's no, and we, the things and we're not making this because they very clearly have enough money to look after themselves. Mm-hmm. It's just they're spending it on needless, useless shit. And one that I found that I didn't put on this list um, is a guy who's like, I live in like you now finally decorated the room the way that I want, and they'd spend like by the estimation of people in uh, the comments about three grand on lighting. Hell. And then, Joe, there's like really fancy, like, um, leaf, those LED leaves you can get that you know you can like rearrange to any pattern you want. And they've got like thousands of dollars worth of them, oh and then God. like this shitty tiny TV in the middle and a crappy little bed. Like, and people was like, for the price you spent on that lighting, you could have bought like a bed because they were complaining that oh, now I need to buy a bed and stuff. It's like, you could have bought like a shit hot mattress. Like orthopedic like pillows and like you know a really nice comfy chair and a fifty inch plasma screen TV and had a grand left over. Yeah, 
And then you still got to use that ground to buy some nice lighting. It's like, but your obsession with like being the guy who has cool lighting in his house is basically you. You've eradicated your living space for the sake of it. You've yeah. decimated your own sense of like personal comfort for like this one obsession that you have. And then I move on to some t-shirts. And I think this is the classic one we've all seen. It's the, I'm a gamer, not because I don't have a life, but because I choose to have many. Mm-hmm. And it's a bunch of like generic gamer things in a weird font. And I saw one, um, like, you know, of a similar vein earlier. And it was, um, oh, I lost my life to gaming, but because I'm a gamer, I have plenty more. Yeah, like, and yeah. I love the super, um, uh, the, the ironic remixes of these. It's like, I'm not a gamer. Uh, because I play games, I'm a gamer because I say racial slurs on Xbox Live and stuff like that. And those <laughs> ones are just so fucking on point. You know what really upsets me is like, obviously a lot of um, games are popular and used on the branding of a lot of these things. Yes. But it's just when I see like, oh, you know, like Pokemon and Zelda and stuff on there. And I'm I like these things. Why yeah. do you have to like ruin them for me? It's and like, I got oh. a couple more. So I don't get older. I level up. Of course. Yeah. And again, for a... F- an eight-year-old who like plays fucking Nintendo, mm. fine. Yeah. For like an eighteen-year-old, okay. Like you kind to get away with your it. Your mum yeah. bought you it. For a twenty-five-year-old, it's like unless it's been worn ironically and you're wearing it six months out from your birthday. Yeah. That's fine. And then the other one, gamer facts, and it's just like just a little thing like a ingredients board for gamers. Clever, ninety-nine point nine percent. Teamwork, one percent. Excuses, five percent. Anger, two hundred percent. Rage quits zero percent, wins one hundred percent, skill one hundred and ten percent, reflex is two hundred percent, and they should probably add their math ability, fucking zero percent. And I love that on this T-shirt that's supposed to be like showing like how good you are as a gamer. You put that your two hundred percent anger <laughs> on your own thing, explaining that you're a great person. You put that you're just an angry ball. And just you know what that one specifically reminds me of? It's that um, a Malcolm in the Middle episode that I was watching the other day because I've like been rewatching it now. Of it's course. on Disney Plus. Because it's top fucking tier. It is absolutely amazing. And there's just an episode where Malcolm's like, oh yeah, I've got this um, laptop now. And um, it's this program that basically is like The Sims. It's but they just can't call it The Sims. And he's like making his family. And he's like, oh yeah, Reese, intelligent, zero out of ten, blah, blah, blah. Then it pans to him making himself. And it's like, oh, Malcolm, intelligence. Well, clearly ten out of ten. Yeah. Social skills. Maybe like, you know, a nine out of ten. Now let's call it a 10. And then Stevie sat next to him like, really? You want to do that? Yep. And he's like, yeah, yeah, Stevie, shut up. I'm great at social skills. It's like, oh. And then Malcolm like yeah, in the game proceeds to like have a mental breakdown because of like, his personality traits that he's given himself. Because like, you know, his character like him is just a raging asshole. Mm-hmm. And then I've got here um, a t-shirt with a definition of gamer on it. It's a gamer. Parentheses, boss, noun, someone that is of extreme greatness, often considered a god in some religions. Oh, fucking hell. And I think that just speaks to, like, you know, the level of self-awareness gamers have of, like, I'm good at video games, therefore that is a personality trait which I will define myself by. And this is the thing is, like, obviously I'm sure anyone that's listened to more than this episode of this podcast mm-hmm. knows that Carl and I are both big gamers. Yes. But we are referring to, like, gamers with a big old capital G here. Yeah. Like capital G gamer trademark, mm-hmm. where it is like the people who buy slides. Ironically, we move to the next one. I'm a gamer because punching people in real life is frowned upon. It's like again, I have glaring anger issues. So many of these T-shirts are just admitting to horrible personality deficits. Yeah, of like I'm a raging asshole in real life. Yep. Why would you ever? Why would you talk to someone with this? And then 
My perfect birthday. Wake up, turn seven, game all day, sleep. And my favourite bit is, because it's like one of those ones where it's a generic t-shirt, that's just like they put the logo onto. Mm-hmm. It's been worn by a guy with like tattoos and a beard. Yeah, so it's being advertised as an adult t-shirt, but it says it all where it's like, turn seven. And I thought that's a great example of these are literally aimed at children and mm. then adults buy them. Because it's one of those like Facebook ones that gets like the algorithm. The algorithm t-shirt. And I'm so tempted sometimes to do those things of like, Oh, I just every month like buy myself a crappy Facebook algorithm T-shirt. Yeah. I'm so tempted. Like the, some of those get so specific. I found a bunch while I was researching this. Mm-hmm. It's just like, like I'm a gay bis- like, I'm a gay veteran who's like married to a fisherman. Of, like, and oh we God. respect the Second Amendment. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> anyway, don't piss me off. I'm close to leveling up, and you like look. You look like just enough XP. I love that one because the guy in the photo clearly didn't know they were going to Photoshop this on. He's like going, yeah, like pointing <laughs> down at the shirt's design like a hero. And then these oh, are the, these are the yes, examples Carl. I found. The Gamer T-shirt Designs Bundle, 50 plus trendy designs, $15. Yeah. And so, they, they include such, cho- such choice shirts as, I love it when my mum lets me play video games. Uh, what's the next one, Lucas? This booty belongs to a crazy gamer. <laughs> and that's the one I wanted to get my girlfriend for Valentine's Day. <laughs> and I thought, I won't get her that, I'll get a Pokemon on the Switch instead, because she'd prefer that. But I was like, I was so tempted to get her that one. I'm like, you can wear it to work. And then the final one, warning, gamer hard at work, saving the world from bad guys, do not disturb. Oh no, Carl. And then... And this is just a giant jewel shock in the middle of a t-shirt, and it says... Leveled up to daddy, established 2020. I don't know whether that means father or something a bit more sexual, but either way, it's not a good t-shirt. I have seen so many men who make gaming their entire personality, like when they have a kid. Like, they are that hard drive article of, like, my child will play nothing but the games that I did. My child mm-hmm. will be a smaller version of me. It's like, I will not let my child touch Minecraft until they've completed, like, every Mario Bros. game. Stuff like that. And I've legit seen people like that. And it's that thing of, oh, I want them to grow up to appreciate good games like me. It's like, well, you grew up to be an arsehole who doesn't let a, the <laughs> tiny human... enjoy Fortnite. The whatever. tiny human there, like... Uh, like in control, not in control, but like looking after, mm-hmm. uh, express themselves like creatively. You, why would you want to grow up like you? Um, also, just want to point out that that daddy T-shirt is photoshopped onto a female's T-shirt type, which is why I was tempted to buy that one as well. <laughs> then five reasons to date a gamer: fast fingers, almost no friends beside you, prepared for a zombie apocalypse, no time to cheat on you, destroys keyboards, not hearts. And again, another What's T-shirt with the anger issues. Another T-shirt, like reasons to date a gamer: anger issues. No, thank you. <laughs> I will destroy my property for no real reason. And I've met people who do that, like they smash their copy of FIFA and stuff like that. But yeah, that's just like, you know, we did our homework, Lucas. I've still got more. You've still got yours? I've okay. still got more, Carl. Time for yours, then. Uh, and this one, I just want to point out, uh, You'll, I, I think you'll like this one, Okay, Carl. I might have to buy this one. And speaking of, like, putting all your personalities in one thing, how about two things, Carl? So this is Game Stonk to the Moon, and I can't think of anything I've turned around harder on um, in recent memory than the whole thing about the GameStop stock, where initially it was all the stuff about, oh, the government and these giant corporations are very clearly trying to... Remember, we talked on the podcast, of, yeah. they're trying to rig the system from a bunch of people who just want to 
um, invest in this meme stock. And then it people revolve their entire personality around it. And it's like, every time I scroll Reddit, it's like, what are the big stories of the day? That fucking subreddit is right at the top with yeah. them being like, this is so important. The world needs to know what's happening. It's like, shut up. Yeah. And uh, just want to point out that that was being sold on like game.co.uk. Yes. Like that was being sold on the UK equivalent of GameStop. And like, no fucking wonder, because it's like, oh look, game stops are great. Like, mm-hmm. game shops, they're your best mate. It's like, no, 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 no. But uh, I did find some other ones. Yes. So, yeah, this is when I went from like the articles and like finding Reddit posts of like the cringy gamer stuff to I want to see what's on sale. And okay. That's how I found that game stunk one. And um, I just went to like, you know, the good old mankind, which, yeah, <sighs> it does have some some choice finds every now and then yeah, but it's... for the most part it's filled with like tatty cringy stuff yeah it's like um nerdy gamer memorabilia and merchandise like and they have some fun stuff in there like. they do have some fun stuff and i've bought some stuff from there in the past but there's a lot of chaff and there's the fact that it's called mankind and it's specifically framed as like oh this is what you get the man in your life uh, so this was one of the things to get as a personalized valentine's day gift for your 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 male partner specifically mm-hmm. is personalized socks that say do not disturb someone is gaming on the bottom of the socks <sighs> so presumably you know like that whole thing of i've got to have my feet up so that you can read like don't disturb me i'm gaming and there is many variations but i've seen the ones of like oh don't uh, do not disturb mum needs a cup of tea or something like that yeah i'll do not disturb like and then any in interest you can slot in you can have that mm-hmm. um and then i found another one that's similar to the t-shirt design 15 quid as well who's gonna pay 15 yeah. quid for a pair of shit socks so this one was like oh whatever age you are as like a birthday it's like buy them a glass a, like a pint glass that says this person leveled up this like you know 21 unlocked and it's like a little progress but i don't mind that the ones that i get really like i look at them and i go and luckily you don't see much anymore is the ones that i'd like Tyrion on and it said i drink and i know things and Mm. it's like on a pint glass or like a um a pip flask it's like fucking hell yeah because like oh yeah i also drink and it's that's not it's displayed as a character flaw in the show it's weird as well that like so many gifts for men are like exclusively like you must make alcohol your personality and it is a very just strange thing the moment you go on a gift finder it's like gifts for men and it's like just beer beer, hot sauce yeah beer and hot sauce it's a very strange thing but anyway i want to show you this card because i don't know if you know these exist okay um but i didn't know they existed and I was just going through Mankind. And it's a single X-Rocker RGB bed. And just... just no! Wondering. So it is like a single bed for gamers where they've got RGB lights installed into their head. That's the exact yeah. opposite of what a bed should be. A bed's supposed to be a place you can sleep and relax. Why would yeah. you want lights directly above where your eyes are? Yep. Yeah. So right at the back of your... Oh, just where your head is. It's like the glowing strips of RGB lights built into this, like, single bed, of course. Of course, yeah. Of course it is. And I think, like, they're using kids to model all of these. Like, you know those, like, 
people in their 20s with these beds that cost yeah. £400, by the way. I will say, though, because I can see that for a kid's room. A kid, for like, a kid's room, yeah. That's yeah. awesome. And there's like there's so much stuff designed for kids that I get pissed off that I, you don't make for adults. Mm-hmm. Like, um, a friend of ours has like a little son. And all the t-shirts he has, I'm like, that's rad. Yeah. Like, because they've all just got, like, a dinosaur or a robot on it. It's like, why do they not just do, like, adult t-shirts that have, like, a dinosaur on it that just says, like, cool dude? Or, like, raw. Yeah, yeah, I want that. Why do I have to have one that says, like, gamer at work on it? Why can't I just have, like, I'm a dinosaur? Yeah, I like dinosaurs. So. I like, my favourite robot is this one. It's like, what? I did also find as well, that's, like, level one of the bed. Oh, so there are multiple stages of, of this course. bed. There is the battle bunk. Is so that, oh, do you know what? That'd the, be great for two kids. No, no, this one's just good for one kid because there's oh. the desk underneath with all like the, the lights on and stuff. So it's like the bunk bed on the top and then the desk at the bottom with the shelf for all your merch. Okay, if I was a teenager, I would fucking love that shit. Again, like for kids, that's great. I think these are fucking awesome. I mean, 550 quid's a lot for like a kid's bed. Fair, but... A bunk bed would cost you that anyway. I don't know the price of beds, but like... I've been to, looking at bunk beds. I, you've been looking at bunk <laughs> I beds. I want to get them for my front room. Okay, I want, fair, to get, yeah. I want to get bunk beds in my front room for when people stay over. For just space convenience, yeah. yeah like, that's fair. Um, but yeah, it's one of those... As a kid slash teenager, these things are awesome. But you know that there's people out there that like live a single adult gamer life that buy this shit. Of course. And that's, that's like the kind of mindset I looked at these things and went, no, no. And then uh, just the last one is okay. like... The X Rocker Stronghold bed. Oh, that sounds awesome. The Stronghold, because on the bottom is like a futon, a double futon that goes into like either sofa form or bed form yeah. for when like you've got your mates around and that. And they, see, that's and what I want to get for my house. Mm-hmm. So that when people come over, they can sleep on that bit because there's like so many times it's been like, I've got a spare mattress, but it's like it just looks shit just stored in like my hallway. Yeah. And um, I, just along the way in Mankind, I also found. Because uh, it's like, you know, approaching Valentine's Day, they had a Valentine's Day section. Of course. And then they had as one of the filters, like, dirty shit. And I was like, Oh, like, what? sexy stuff. Like, sexy stuff. And I was like, I. What is the dirty stuff that they have at, like, Mankind? It's got to be, like, those, like, sex dice or something, uh, isn't it? So there was stuff like that. I also found a one meter long plush penis. There's just a, a giant meter-long penis again, with a face on it. Again, you give that to your girlfriend as a joke present. Yeah, I, it's I a wanna... fun joke present, but I was just like, okay, that exists. And then uh, the other one, the other one, Carl, is the perfect edible treat, the edible anus chocolate. Oh, God, yeah, I've seen those. Just the edible anus. I didn't know those existed. <laughs> and I just, I didn't even see the picture. It just came up as a text thing. Edible anus. And it came up while I was like, it was loading the image of being on the train with like yeah. bad internet. And it just came up, edible anus, and didn't say anything else. I, I, I do like the insinuation there as well. You did this research on your way here. Last minute, just as homework should be done. Exactly, Carl. Because um, I thought I'd have a nice couple of hours on the train and then fall asleep. <laughs> Because I, that's the kind of things like you can get stupid kids like. So I've told you the one I got my girlfriend for Valentine's Day. Where I've got her a, a, I've got a Pokemon. She wants that. Mm-hmm. So that's the gift. Like you know, on the on the plane back, and we're going out for a meal and stuff on the day. But I also got her, like this really nicely wrapped candle, and I say take this back. And it's like you know, it's really relaxing. She's really into like you know essential oils and scents and stuff mm-hmm. like that. It's like, and when you feel like you're really stressed from your new job, you light this candle. But inside the box, it's I don't know exactly what it says because it's just something like um, uh, this scent reminds me of getting dicked down by the boyfriend. But he doesn't say that on the outside, which is really nice outside. So I can't wait for her to come home after a stressful day, get that candle out, and be like, "For fuck's sake!" And I'll be like, "Yes." 
dear. It's like it's just like like me. Uh, when you see this lit, I need to get dicked down or something like that. Yeah. Like, I need to get it. It made me crease with laughter when I saw it. It's like in this really like really fancy box with ribbons and stuff on oh it. I'm like, God. yes. I can't wait to see her face when she's like, oh, this is really sweet. It's like, yeah, it's, you know, it's centred for, like, you know, relaxation. And I thought, you know, get yourself a bath to, like, you know, relax. And then she'll get it out. And it's just, like, this fucking awful, horrendous <laughs> message. Uh, so, you know, I guess find someone that will open a candle that says they enjoy a good dick and down. <laughs> and just, like, if you can find someone that finds that funny... There you go. That's the thing. It's like find someone who finds uh, you know gel the same your... kind of humor that you would. Obviously, I'm not saying that everyone has to be like that, but yeah, it's like you know what you can you can make a joke like that with your partner and they appreciate it yeah. rather than like getting mad. And again, it's always the thing like the thought that counts. Where the mm-hmm. thought behind it is of like it's going to make her laugh because I'm specifically going to tell her don't open it until you've had a really stressful day. Yeah, and the hope is that when she does, she'll get that laugh. So it still has the end result, but she's got you know it's the the subversion of her expectation of what's inside. And it's, again, like, go buy these T-shirts if you're going to wear them ironically as a laugh. Yeah. And don't, like, dance towards a woman aggressively pointing at it, which I have actually seen people do. Yeah. Like, with those, um, uh, like, I call them, like, stag do shirts. Oh, Like, not their yeah. shirts. of like, the ones that... The Pussy Patrol. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Poo- I think you mean Pussy Patrol <laughs> with Mr. Uh... Big Knob and Mr. I Touch Kids. Oh, which might God. be one of the greatest visual gags in our comedy. <laughs> and if you know what talking about, go watch the Inbetweeners movie. And like, I, I, I don't know if I would recommend it. I think the Inbetweeners is a bad show with some very good jokes. It's got in yeah, there. it's some very very good moments. Well, that one of like Pusey Patrol and it's Mister Big Knob is so fucking funny. <laughs> and uh, that reminds me of I think what might be one of the greatest teardowns and like dunks I have ever seen so while I'm trying to find it Luke would you like to plug your stuff uh, yeah sure so you can find me over on Twitch uh, at Legend of Contact I fucked up my own plug <laughs> <laughs> fucked it up myself Legend of Canto over on Twitch I also I have my YouTube as well and then you can find me on socials at Canto Legend underscore uh, which you can also now find you know that one video I made on TikTok with and um, yeah, I'm just waiting for this absolute teardown that yeah. Carl wants so, to find. Uh, this is just like speaking of which, you know, there's like really cringy shirts. Like, I mentioned like the one of like men with arrows pointing towards their penis. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's one here, and it's just been worn by one of the guys in Ninja Sex Party. I don't know who's in Ninja Sex Party. Okay. But I I know that like one of the guys is like um, a creeper who um, hit on 18 year old women when they're in the mid 40s. But Fabia. Just yeah, describe. I've seen I've seen the, these t-shirts before. What did it say? Uh, so it's a giant arrow pointed down towards the crotch, and it just says "choking hazard." And then the post is "safety first from Ninja Sex Party," and then the top comment, "Isn't that what they put on small things?" <laughs> and that to me is one of the funniest fucking things ever because that sums it up, doesn't it? Yeah. Of the guy being like, Whoa, "Yeah," and he's he's basically doing what we all know. Because when mm. you wear a shirt like that, we all know it exudes the most amount of micro penis energy. It does, yeah. Well, the fact that the by definition that's literally what the shirt means, but the person wearing it's so stupid they don't know. Yeah. And it's like, yes. And I just want to point out as well, like something I saw the other day where it's just a video of 
uh, someone having a box that just says penis and larger in their uh, like presumably toilet or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the person just like opens the box and there's just a magnifying glass in there. <laughs> I was like, that's a good one. I'll, I'll give them that. I've seen those ones that have them in like um, uh, like strip clubs and stuff, mm. where it's like uh, they'll have something. It's like a, a picture of a dude like with a thong on or something like oh, yeah. in the um, like for Chippendales and stuff like that. And all male strippers, and like if you lift it up to see underneath, it puts a horn on that says you did. So <laughs> when you go outside, everyone knows you try to look at the penis, and then I was like, "Hey!" <laughs> But yeah, uh, as for the plug-in of my stuff, um, I would plug the event, but you can't come. If you're listening to this, it's already too late. We're already, we'll presumably be setting up. Yeah, we're going to be like, at the event already. But maybe keep an eye on my social media, like, you know, at Carl Smallwood, for, like, you know, details about the next one. Or the Discord, where you can find um, uh, discussions of it, and no doubt, you know, see photos of the event. Because everyone who's coming to the event is being encouraged, like, you know, like, share images and, like, you know, just stories and stuff from the night itself. And just... Yeah, and the link to Carl and ours just... Carl and my Discord are both in the uh, description below. We have separate ones. Uh, so if you want to ever find out about like future fact-themed live events and stuff, go to Carl's Discord. Mine's just more for like you know general chat and my Twitch notifications and stuff, so you know when I'm streaming. Hell yeah! See you next time.